Moot Podcast for Advent 2013. So, Advent 2013. To help uh, those who were unable to attend the first uh, of these, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to record a very short little podcast uh, for the people who couldn't attend. So this is to summarise the first session and the input that I gave uh, exploring the whole idea of the idea of Advent hope, starting with the uh, with Mary. So in the West we have a very distorted view of Mary, and often is either that it's ignored completely within the Protestant tradition, or in the Roman Catholic tradition where there seems to be so much emphasis on divinity and on uh, virginity that it seems to lose Mary um, in the mix. So, in, in any exploration of Advent, it's really important that we rediscover Mary for who she was. And remember that the story starts with God and with Mary, where Mary is in a place of the marginalised, of the marginalised, of the marginalised. She was Jewish in the context of the Roman Empire, where Jews were looked down upon. She was from the north of um, of, the, of Judea at the time, so she, which was a subgroup that were kind of looked down as well. And she was also female and also young. So she really was um, the most marginalised you can be. So, and we remember also that when the incarnation actually happened at the birth of Jesus Christ, that there wasn't even a room, <laughs> there wasn't even a place for this to happen. So, and that is an incredible thought, how the second person of the Trinity became so small, and yet even in that smallness was marginalised in our sense of humanity, with not even a place to be able to give birth. So that just shows us just how God has gone to all and every part of existence, and it's calling for redemption. So we remember Mary significantly because of the fact that she chose a yes and that yes came out of faith and a hopefulness of expected change. So where do we start? Well we start with the idea that we are in a time of the church between the coming of Jesus Christ and the crucifixion and the resurrection and we are in the time awaiting the second coming or the consummation of all things when Jesus Christ will return. So we live in a world and a cosmos whose DNA has already been changed by the incarnation of God, by the purposes of Jesus Christ, and that actually marks the beginning of the kingdom of God, which is now, but not fully yet, uh, been experienced. So we stand in this not fully yet moment of the church. Now, we remember that Adam and Eve, in figurative understanding, were in Greek Christian thought the fulfilment of creation and as such in Greek thinking humanity had the responsibility then as the bridge between the created order and direct relationship with the divine this was the calling on humanity so Adam and Eve were given the opportunity in free will to to experience and, and step into that freedom or to reject it and they chose a no. So that's a significant no. And because of 
they chose no, which was directly saying then about having a disregard to the welfare of the universe, the welfare of created matter and the welfare of the world, that to protect human freedom, that God also distanced the divine self from uh, all created order. So God's purposes were for humanity to be the fulfilment of creation, like the top note in a symphony, but because of the fall of the choice of saying no to God, our ancestors, that there was a disconnect between humanity and God, and therefore between the created order and God. Adam and Eve chose a no to God, with the consequences that the universe became set to decay rather than regeneration. Jesus then represents the second Adam, where the choice to be human and divine resets the order and reconnects all things. But this can only happen through the freedom to choose. So Mary's yes, then, is the first step in this salvation history, in this cosmic renewal process. She makes this out of faith and hope. In the Gospel according to Luke, it is the Spirit who draws Mary's availability and faithfulness into the purposes of God, thus drawing forth from her a human reply to God's speaking, a human responsivity that could become the very body of that speaking, the incarnation of that word. In some of the writings of the desert fathers and mothers and fathers, they literally talk about how the whole of creation holds its breath, awaiting the response from Mary. And her response is a lovely one in the sense of being perplexed that she's being asked this. It reminded me of a friend who once said, uh, what would you do if God asked you to jump over a cliff? And to which he replied, I'd ask for some identity. So, yeah. So, or identification. So, yeah, we have that same issue here that Mary is kind of perplexed at the response, but after a little while does choose uh, chooses a yes. So that has been a profound moment for humanity in the sense of a reconnection. And then out of that faith of Mary, um, the whole kind of gospel narrative can begin. But without that yes, uh, nothing would have happened. So that would be interesting to see that result. But we also remember her bravery that after her yes, she then is left alone and that she has to make sense of this birth um, and the kind of estranged difficulties with her uh, not yet husband and then we see in her entire life this kind of holding on to this hope even up to the point of the crucifixion which must have felt like a desolation so that holding on to hope and faith is such a deep part of what Mary contributes to the Christian faith so Rather than something to avoid, um, something around Mary is important. But there are three questions uh, that we discussed in the session. The first was, what holds us back from saying yes? Saying yes to God in the same way that Mary said yes to God. And often it's about fear or kind of individualism or a sense of actually I know what I know and I just want to keep going with what I know was kind of some of the responses. We also discussed how interesting it was in terms of child psychology that the first word that a child will say is no and that yes comes later. So there's some interesting factor around how we are wired around autonomy and independence with the words no, that no is so much easier to say than yes. 
And finally, we talked about the whole issue of an understanding of the conception of Jesus. We talked about how important that it is embodied. Uh, for example, with the, some of the early church thinking, it was almost that, the, that Jesus was implanted as an embryo into Mary, a bit like the alien. But that really doesn't work in the sense of Jesus being fully human and fully God, that it really does need to be Mary's egg and that God's presence as a sperm in that. So, and that, that's so crucial for Christian theology because of Jesus' humanity and the importance of incarnation theology, just as much as redemptive theology. Um, and it says also something really very, uh, very earthy about the Christian faith. And it reminds us again just how precious it was knowing that one in three births uh, either le- left the child dead or the mother dead um, at the time. So it's so risky, this whole strategy. It relied on Mary's yes, and it also relied on health. So ever more then we, we are amazed when we look at this and how important Mary is for the church. Well, what a shame it is that she's either been uh, kind of sexualised into this kind of virgin thing, which seems really quite unhealthy, or that we ignore her completely in some sort of misogynistic um, attempt to keep her out of the Bible. So I think when we approach this, her importance here is to remind us of the importance of faith, the importance that our faith is a constant yes, that we constantly have to go back every day to a yes to God, but also reminds us of the importance of encounter with God to sustain a life. And as Mary experienced, so conversion of the heart happens with us as Christians. It starts with huma- with a kind of um, a requirement of the hospitality, encountering Christians or God in terms of the hospitality of God. The second thing is some sort of epiphany, a kind of a direct experience of God that leads us into discipleship. And this is what Mary models um, in the beginning of Luke's text. And finally, for the first session, we looked at a Lecto Divina um, on the birth of Jesus. So I will read that out to you now. Um, And this is from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin named, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The girl's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And blessed is she who who believed that there would be a fulfilment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. 
And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has looked with favour on his lowly servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm, and has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, and has brought down the powerful from the thrones, and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel. And so it ends. So that ends the first session of the Lent course, the Advent course, sorry. And the next session, which uh, Vanessa will be leading on, will be the significance of the incarnation and the humanity of Jesus Christ regarding redemption and hope. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net.